You're listening to the School of Movies podcast, episode 132, originally recorded 24th of April 2014, Dumbo and Bambi. people with big ears are famous. Oh, oh boy, all we gotta do is build an act, make your star, a headliner, Dumbo the Great. Walt Disney's Dumbo brings you a trainload of exciting new characters, wild animals, ferocious beasts, thunderous pachyderms, jungle giants, Casey Jr., the train with a personality. Believe it or not, the most delightful Disney sequence you've ever seen, the Parade of the Pink Elephants. See Dumbo's magnificent fall to fame, the most sensational climax ever filmed. So by this point, two out of three films had lost a lot of money. Disney had... Disney had expanded his operation significantly after Snow White and then been hit with two flops in a row and a world war that was crippling earning potential in Europe they really needed a successful film by this point Mm -hmm. badly and so in watching Dumbo you will notice a pretty noticeable backstep in scope if you watch it now compared to the others like uh, they're clearly trying to make a much leaner product to offset their losses and just trying to mean just so it didn't have to earn as much to be to earn some profit for once yeah and it feels a lot more like their earlier cartoony stuff it's a lot simpler the style even while still appealing is a lot simpler uh it's a lot more like their earlier cartoony stuff and it's still cute and it's simple and it works but uh it has that kind of thing where it defies physics and it bends um like like the train obviously like it's alive and it moves and 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 twists and things sway in that cartoonish way yeah and using the map of america to give you a sense of scale (laughs) without actually having to provide you with a sense of scale and they really adhere to that don't they every time they show america from high up it's got the names on it every it's not just a single gag that's actually america (laughs) Yeah, it's a it is much more like one of their earlier cartoons, just in its stylization and how uh, kind of goofy they go with it. But I, I think the still, the, especially in the backgrounds, is where you can very much tell they've gone much they've gone a much simpler aesthetic. But it yeah. it does still kind of work. It still ends up being a cute little functional movie. I think they've they've offset that though by really bringing the focus in onto the main character. Mm-hmm. So you're totally concentrating on Dumbo and on what's happening to him and what's happening immediately around him and you don't so much not not notice but the the background stuff is less important because here we have a centralized story and a centralized character that works brilliantly yeah there's some very powerful drama in this that Disney hasn't quite achieved yet just on a character level with Dumbo's mother and kind of the like desperately wanting to have a kid the relationship between Dumbo and his mother the whole sequence the whole baby mind sequence where she's in the little cage and he goes to visit her like that's really powerful for early Disney Mm. just for character stuff 
Jumbo is my favorite Disney movie up to The Little Mermaid. I f***ing love Dumbo. (laughs) I didn't really realize it quite so much until I watched it in context of all these other ones. But it's got the Disney outsider story down straight away. You've got this character that you root for because he's an underdog. He's laughed at by antagonists who we can understand and uh, because they're familiar, we've all met people who are passive aggressive and 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 take their own insecurities out on you, but aren't technically villains, and that's what these other moaning elephants are. And well, technically, you, they're members of his own family. Yeah, his own. They're the ones who are supposed to support him the most, and they put him down. And so, automatically, Dumbo is—he doesn't have a malicious bone in his body, um, although he he can occasionally be quite mischievous. But but you really want this elephant to succeed, and the more he gets slapped down, the more you want him to succeed. And the 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 bit with his mother when she gets um, uh, locked away for being a mad elephant, and then as you said, Dan, the baby mind bit. If you watch the baby mine sequence and you don't at least well up a little bit inside and have to crush it back down again, check your soul. You may not, in fact, have one. <laughs> it's so heart-wrenching watching this and just the, the, the way it, it, it's organized. They don't really overdo it too much, but it's done in such a way that the, the trunks themselves are incredibly expressive in terms of this sort of this arm reaching out desperately for her child, but doing it in an affectionate, loving way, as opposed to just sort of uh, the the fact that it's juxtaposed with Mad Elephant written right there in human writing, because they cannot conceptualize this elephant's very simple feelings um, for for her child. And they're sort of, they they overly complicate the whole scenario and, and go, well, this elephant obviously can't be trusted. And it comes down to it, her child was in danger. That's what elephants do. She's not mad. She's an elephant. 
And that, that I would suggest that the vast majority of animals, including humans, humans would react humans. like that if their child was But threatened. humans are at least able to plead their case. All an elephant mm. can do is look sad. The masterstroke, especially in uh, uh, comparison with uh, the more uh, modern Disney's, is bringing in Timothy at just the right time. You set Dumbo up with all of this adversity and all these difficulties. He hasn't got a single person to look after him. And then you take his mother away. And then you bring in Timon. That's who Timothy is, folks. Make no mistake about it. If Grumpy is Shrek, then Timothy the Mouse is Timon. He even, he even like has the same mannerisms as him. Timothy is this, again, fantastic, sparky, modern-day contemporary character, way ahead of his time. And he immediately sees this kid in, in trouble and tries to help him, not out of any interest for himself personally, but because it's the right thing to do. So you're rooting for Timothy, you're rooting for Dumbo, and suddenly you've got this... This buddy team of uh, it, it's 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 midnight cowboy. <laughs> There's so much in Dumbo, man. There's a comparison I wasn't expecting you to make. <laughs> and you got this, yeah. Stick with me, kid. I'm going to help you, but not because I want to, you know, ride your coattails to fame and glory, even though he does, but because you're a you're an underdog, and we got to look out for each other. And that's. Basically the story, up to the point where you find out that Dumbo is able to do something exceptional. And that is the way that the modern day fairy tale works. It's not about the princess needs to find her prince. It's about the person outcast from the society that doesn't seem to have a place for them, finding their own place based on the, what they can do. The crows that help them out. Again, we're going to go back to the whole racist card again. This, looked at casually, is just fucking racist. <laughs> However, they're some of the only genuinely um, likable characters in the film outside, uh, outside of uh, uh, Timothy and Mrs. Dumbo, Dumbo himself. Um, and they take Dumbo as one of their own. When they say use the magic feather, they, they go into the whole psychology of trying to get someone afraid to fly to get them to have the confidence to fly so quickly. I don't know if it was written like this, but it seems apparent that this is what they do with scared little baby crows. They make him one of their own. They make jokes about it the whole time, but it seems like they make jokes about each other as well. And that this is just kind of what they do. And it's not done in any way that could actually be, be really considered spiteful. And it's actually quite touching. <laughs> Did you ever see an elephant fly? <laughs> well, I've seen a horse fly. <laughs> I've seen a dragonfly. <laughs> I've seen a housefly. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've seen all that, too. I've seen a peanut stand and heard a rubber band. I've seen a needle that winked its eye. But I'd be done seeing about everything when I see an elephant fly. What'd you say, boy? I said, when I see an elephant fly, i seen the front porch swing, heard a diamond ring. I seen a polka dot railroad tie, but I be done seen about everything when I see an elephant fly. I saw a clothes horse, the rabbin buck. And they tell me that a man made a vegetable truck. I didn't see that. I only heard. Just to be sociable, I'll take oh, your word. Oh, I heard a fireside chat. I saw a baseball man. Sure. And I just laughed till I thought I'd die. <laughs> but I'll be done seen about everything when I see an elephant fly. Boom. 
But I'll be done seen about everything when I see an elephant fly. With the wind. When I see an elephant fly. I think one of the things that makes them um, the most sympathetic, actually, is that although they do tease Dumbo and um, mock him a little bit to start with once it's pointed out to them that they are hurting his feelings they actually feel really bad about that yeah. very quickly change their behavior based on that yeah they have they act upon their consciences when the ringmaster the elephants and the clowns all thought about it but disregarded it the clown, even one of the clowns, even says, "You're gonna hurt the little guy if you chuck him out from too high a thing." And they go, "Ah, elephants don't have any feelings; they're made of rubber." Yeah. So, but the crows immediately go, "Ah, oh, look at the little guy," and and immediately that their hearts melt. So they are the most human characters in it. So automatically, you've got these horrible antagonistic elephants set up that. Their punishment just needs to be that they need to be embarrassed and then have peanuts fired at them, but. When it comes down to it, it's not about punishing the people who have kicked down on Dumbo. It's about elevating Dumbo to the point where he is able to do what he was born to do. So I quite like Dumbo. <laughs> it's easy to forget Dumbo in kind of the mix of the early Disney films. It, it's, and it's very short, too. It's like an hour long. Hour but, and three minutes. Yeah. In fact, uh, RKO were like, this ain't even a movie. Come back when you got us an hour and a half. Or cut it even shorter and we'll put it out as a short against a Western. Which so they- a difference of five years is now like, look, this is too short to be an animated film. Yeah. <laughs> After just five years earlier, it's you can't release something an hour and a half Fantasia. long. Yeah. And they could have made it shorter by removing the pink elephant scene, which ironically looks like a Fantasia bit. I would love to know the chain of decisions that led to that thing being made. I think it probably involved a lot of alcohol. Oh, speaking of which, Lyra pointed out that the Pink Elephant song is The Emperor's March from <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> it's got that saying, dung, 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 da dung, dung, da dung, the elephant's on parade. <laughs> it's, I, guess, I mean, I guess from a story perspective, they were like, all right, how does, how can we make this elephant we need to break, break up out. in a tree without knowing how it got there? How do you get anywhere without knowing how you got there? All right. Well, ah. Drink heavily. But he can't drink heavily on purpose.
Big elephants on parade, here they come, hippity-hoppity, they're here, and there are big elephants everywhere. Look out, look out, they're walking around the bed, on their head, clippity-hoppity, parade, in brave big elephants on parade. What'll I do? What'll I do? What an unusual view! I can stand the sight of worms and look at microscopic germs, but technicolor pachyderms is really too much for me. <laughs> I am not the type to faint when things are odd or things are quaint, but seeing things you know that ain't can certainly give you an awful fright. What a sight! Chase them away! Chase them away! I'm afraid, need your eight big elephants on parade! So also there was a bit of satire in there. The clowns all going off to uh, to ask for a raise from the big guy was actually a reference to the animators' strike because there was uh, that was going on around 1941, and uh, they were uh, some of the actual animators themselves who had broken uh, the Disney ranks to go to get more money were uh, immortalized as clowns here. Walt did not like unions. Mm. Just as a general rule. And apparently the uh, the strike broke up the uh, family camaraderie that uh, Disney Studios had bit, uh, maintained up until that point. Or to put it another way, the union said, you can't expect your animators to work on four hours of sleep a night. Look, we feed them peanuts. The animators don't have feelings. <laughs> They're made of rubber. <laughs> <laughs> and yet even more satire. Um... <laughs> Actually, we we can we should talk about Who Framed Roger Rabbit at some point, Sharon. I think that would be a good episode because uh, that uh, takes place around about this time, and uh, and so you got all, all the characters that we've mentioned in these previous movies turn up in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, but uh, it's it it's got that vibe down, and uh, it's it's also a masterstroke in animation and uh, and live action combination. It really something that I, I would like to see done more of, and not like Space Jam. That one's not included in the uh, Disney canon, is it? It is not, even though it was disputed by them. Uh, I well, guess it is most... I don't know. There's some of these choices for what counts as a Disney animated feature mm-hmm. film and what doesn't that are really baffling. Yeah. For example, why is The Wild, yes, in the UK, but not in America, but not A Christmas Carol in either territory? Anyway. Very weird. Yeah. Well, well, we'll probably go into more specifics about the list once we get some uh, people complaining that we're not covering their favorite <laughs> we don't make we literally did not make this list folks um so any any bad things about dumbo that we that i've missed out just in my enthusiasm for it it has some very jarring scene transitions I, i've read that this the script for this film was written in chapters which is a weird way to write a film script and you yeah. kind of feel it because it does definitely go from like all right here we're finishing up this scene all right tons of time passed stuff happened here we are in the new scene here we go yeah. and it's just it's very quick you feel a good bit of that in some chunks of Bambi as well that I think it might have just been kind of the way they were structuring some of these things at the time script wise but also the stalk scenes and the family grouping at the beginning might prove objectionable to modern day audiences perhaps I mean it's kind of cute especially with Sterling Holloway Winnie the Pooh himself voicing the stalk but I think Sharon says something on the lines of most mums when the baby comes are not sleeping peacefully. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cute song too, though. I it know. is. Yeah. Look out for Mr. Stork, a persevering chap. To come along and drop a bundle in your lap. You may be poor or rich, 
It doesn't matter which millionaires they get theirs Like the butcher and the baker So look out for Mr. Stork And let me tell you, friend Don't try to get away He'll find you in the end He'll spot you out in China Or he'll fly to county court So you'd better look out for Mr. Stork It doesn't ever... No. I was about to say it doesn't actually have the same kind of musical number. Is this the first one that doesn't have... I guess Fantasia, you can't really count. Like a musical numbers that the characters are singing in. Or... What about when I see an elephant fly? What am I talking about? Forget it. Crazy, man. <laughs> what about Baby Mine? Yeah, okay. I well, no, that was sung by jump... someone off. That was kind of off. Yeah, good point. Yeah, it's it's her still, feelings right. expressed in a song, but yeah. But no, when I see an elephant fly is a huge deal. Yep. Yep, yep. This is their first original story, isn't it? Fantasia was a series of vignettes. Pinocchio was a written book and Snow White was a fairy tale, so yeah. I believe Dumbo actually is a written small story beforehand. I think it was mostly a series of like kind of images and drawings and stuff, kind of storybook-wise, that they kind of fleshed the story from. So when you describe it like that, it just sounds like somebody wrote on a a cocktail napkin, what if an elephant could fly with his ears? (laughs) Yeah, I, oh, hang on, now I want to know. Hang on, let me... Here is a, is a diagram of what that would look like. <laughs> uh, so if you're a clown, you might find some of the depictions of clowns in this film offensive. Okay, so it was... So Disney was originally like a children's story written by uh, Helen Eberson and illustrated by Harold Pearl that was kind of a prototype toy storytelling display device called a rollerbook, kind of similar to a panorama. Like just eight, dra- eight drawings and a few lines of text, basically. Uh, okay, that, that sounds that more Disney like the preliminary um, idea rather than. Uh, okay, but either way, Disney bought the rights to rather than it was generated in house. Okay, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was an adaptation as well, technically. <laughs> I think probably the only thing I'm not wildly keen about in Dumbo is that it does conform to the. Uh, the so far pattern of female representation basically consisting of mothers mm. and not yet mothers or not mothers. And they are <laughs> defined by the fact that they are not mothers. Not mother? No, Rupert, she's not your mother. <laughs> Looking back on it, uh, Snow White, yeah, you got the Wicked Queen. She's, she's a mother who refuses to be a mother because effectively she's her, uh, Snow White's new stepmother who, rather than nurturing her, tries to kill her because she considers her to be a threat to her beauty. Uh, you got Snow White, who immediately mothers the dwarves and then goes off to her castle to become a wife and mother. Uh, Pinocchio, you got the um, blue fairy, who's very maternal in nature. Um, I suppose technically you've got Cleo, but... She's a fish. She's a fish, yeah. I didn't say anything. <laughs> um, fant- uh, not even worth talking about Fantasia. Dumbo, you've got Mrs. Dumbo. You've got a bunch of matrons who appear to be unable to have... They all, babies, or they've had them and they're gone now, how, but they don't have the milk of, of maternity in them. If though. you look at how they all react when the stork arrives and says, who's expecting a baby elephant? They're like, oh, good Lord, no, not me. Oh, the very idea. It's right. like being a mother is a shameful thing to them. And then in Bambi, which leads us to Bambi. <laughs> okay, where, I mean, it's nature, isn't it? So the whole point of being female in nature is to be a mother, Right. Would you like me to growl in response to that? <laughs> yes, yes, I would. <laughs> well, I can't. My Don't blame me. Better. I didn't write this list. <laughs> Walt Disney, the world's greatest storyteller, brings the world's greatest love story to the screen. Bambi, the story that proves that love can be loaded with laughs. Well, what's the matter with that? They're twitter 
Twitter pated? Yes. Nearly everybody gets Twitter pated in the springtime. It's not gonna happen to me. Me neither. Hurry. Bambi's mate, Deline, love is at once a tender and a terrifying thing. Quick, Deline, jump! To Bambi himself, love comes to mean heroism and fearlessness. Here, surging out of the roaring forest is the most powerful, gripping, romantic story ever brought to the screen by Walt Disney. Okay, before I go off on Bambi, Dan, uh, please talk about what Bambi does achieve, because it does clearly achieve quite a lot. All right, well, Bambi is kind of a return to Disney ambition-style feature-making. Like, he pushes his artists, again, to entirely new heights, this time with with background art, just in oh, rendering the, the yeah. forest, which is, is incredible-looking. I love it beautiful. so much. They, get, they went also, on uh, uh, fact-finding trips to uh, up in the, uh, the, the, the woods of Maine to, uh, to, to take photographs and, and sort of drink in that atmosphere and bring that back and, and put it into the uh, art. And that is something that has persisted in Disney Studios to this day. They go, on, they go to places that they are going to render. That funny little background story, which you may be aware of, to do with that. So those guys did come back from Maine with lots of drawings, but they all looked very, it still looked very complex and busy just because there's so much detail and stuff going on in the forest. There was this one, uh, this one uh, Asian man working in the, I believe, the multiplane camera area, just kind of as a more tech artist kind of guy who just did some painting on the side with just very simplified, very kind of, um, a kind of watercolory, just a very beautiful style that ended up being like perfect. So he kind of essentially became like the lead concept artist guy for the uh, background work, just out of nowhere. Just another guy in the studio who just happened to paint really nice stuff, who ended up being basically the lead background artist on this uh, on this feature. It was really cool. It, but, it is very. It's almost impressionistic some of the time, isn't it? Yeah, it's very selective with where the detail goes. And kind of just lets color kind of carry the rest, kind of um, sort of insinuate the rest of the detail. Your mind fills in the rest, but it directs the eye much better. It's not just uh, just tons of detail everywhere you look. Animal animation as well is like mm. you see a lot of animals animated in like Snow White, all the animal friends. They would descri- the deer in that were described by one of the animators as like sacks of flour in comparison to how they were put together with the complexity in Bambi. It's, to- it's very true. The earlier ones are very ambiguously shaped, kind of rounded and soft and squishy. It sort of looks like a deer, but it's, there's definitely clearly no anatomy being followed. One thing that struck me actually about Bambi was the, the scene where he's trying to stand up the way they've got how his legs move and how awkward they are and just knees and ankles everywhere. That seems so realistic. Yeah, no, it's really, really well-observed animal animation. And, and not even just for Bambi. He's, the deer are definitely like the stars of the show. But even the other creatures have some very nice, well-observed, like natural movements, stylized and caricatured and made cartoony. It's like really... It's pretty standard practice for animators now, like to what, like really studying the thing that you're going to be creating and trying to understand all the physics of how that thing moves and all the body mechanics. But this was like for animal animation, 
which became very important for Disney as a whole. It's like very, very, very big leap. Really impressive work. There's something about this film that also feels very Miyazaki-like, and I don't know if it's the pace or just that it is very, very nature like uh, uh, celebrating, but the Miyazaki films always kind of feel like a longer journey. Like they're not moving around like at a quick plot-driven clip. It's just like kind of an experience that you are on from beginning to end, and Bambi kind of feels that way to me as well. I would agree to an extent. There is that really jarring bit in the middle, though, which even Lyra picked up on the fact that it goes from being grief to incredibly happy and chirpy within the space of half a second. I counted, could have used a couple minutes. Right? <laughs> right. I counted exactly how long it goes from Bambi realising that his mother hasn't caught up with him and Bambi walking off with his father to uh, a new maturity. It's a minute and a half. It's an hour and ten minute film. That is a tiny, tiny percentage of actual screen time devoted to coming to terms with life and death. Here's, can I go into my thing now? Uh, yeah, I may come back with some other positive things afterward, okay, cool. but oh, yeah, we'll, we'll sandwich it. That's good. Okay. And that's where my uh, issue with Bambi lies. It, it's it's not that it's a bad film. It's that there are other Disney films which do what it sets out to do considerably better. Uh, I'm specifically thinking of The Lion King here, which is uh, kind of – it combines some of the best elements of both uh, Dumbo and Bambi – so Bambi doesn't really get to grieve for his mother, doesn't really get to terms with her death, and it immediately cuts to next year. And it it's almost seems to be saying, look, we don't want to either, A, we don't want to upset the kids by dwelling on this, or B, death is just part of life. Accept it, move on. And then immediately we, get, we cut to the next uh, vignette, which is the Twitter-pated sequence, and it's all about, you know, love. But there's no impact, really. And it could be that the death of Bambi's mother was so significant for so many people for so many years because they don't talk about it, because they don't go into it. It's just something that happens halfway through. The entire world changes and no one says anything about it. Bambi's mother is snatched away by this uh, element of nature known as man. And Bambi himself doesn't really seem to change. He's older and has a deeper voice and seems slightly more confident and able to get into fights. But all of the interesting stuff, the meat of the Lion King, is missing and absent. And all of his relating to his father, that's gone. That's just not there. There was actually like a a Bambi sequel or midquel, if you will, which I haven't seen because I don't tend to watch them because they almost all suck. But it was framed around that this particular time that I'm talking about. But the fact that that's not in the film at all sells the story so short that there's nothing there. A deer has a baby. The baby has difficulty walking. It meets some bunnies. Goes out on the meadow. Gets warned not to run out too fast. Goes out on the meadow again. Almost gets shot. Goes out in the meadow a third time. Mother gets shot. Fights with another deer. Then there's a, another bit with some fire. And it's, it's just a series of things happen. But there's no characterization, really. There's no story, really. It's just nature carrying on while we're watching it. It's almost like a documentary. Only it's so cloyingly sweet. He can call me a flower if he wants to. It's like face clawingly. Oh my god! I, it's unwatchable for me. It's the, the basic framework of the story was taken up by the Lion King and elevated so far above the standing of this one. I feel like the Twitter painted 
April like spring song needs to immediately follow your rant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, the transition, like from that, the uh, mother's death to the springtime song is very jarring, especially just again by modern standards. I remember hearing that there were some minutes cut from this film lengthwise, and I wonder that feel because that is such a jarring transition. I wonder if there was some additional stuff originally intended for that area. It's never really been written about. He's got this stern father figure who must have said to him, you're a man now, conceal, don't feel. And just forcing him, oh my God, this is so relevant. Forcing him into this, um, right. My father took me aside when I was 12 years old and said, up to this point, you've had this charmed existence with your mother looking after you all the time. You're mine now. That is such a shitty thing to say to a young boy. And it's, it's kind of that that I'd far rather see explored in a film than, like, uh, uh, this creep of an owl coming along and going, oh, you're going to be walking around and then you will see a woman and be twitterpated. Like, uh, j- I, I want Bambi and Thumper to exchange glances and go, yeah, okay, old man, and just carry on walking at that point. If I watched this film for the first time today, I would, I'd sit slumped with my head in my hands going, okay, is it going somewhere with this? The man, the meadow, okay, the mother, okay, cool, right. Up to the point where Bambi's mother died, I go, okay, right, now we've got a film coming on here. Okay, ready? And it would cut to that next bit. I go, what the hell? Let's sing a gay little spring song. This is the season to sing. So I'd like to suggest that we all do our best. Simba, you have forgotten me. No, how could I? You have forgotten who you are and so forgotten me. Look inside yourself, Simba. You are more 
than what you have become. You must take your place in the circle of life. We're missing a second reel of this movie. A second act. It's a two-act structure. It's totally unnatural, and he learns nothing. I say unnatural as in um, in terms of story structure and in terms right. of uh, narrative. In terms of nature, it's about right. You know, a, a deer's mum gets shot, he goes, oh, and then he's over it in about a minute and a half. It's a very different kind of film, too. It just, it's just in that, and I guess not that different from a lot of other early Disney films, in that it is not terribly character-driven still. There's not a lot of... It's not necessarily driven by a lot of character arcs or a lot of necessarily character growth. Well, I guess character growth, like in the literal sense of just that this is the like birth to adulthood cycle that that again, that Lion King would later take and build upon and and make a much arguably strong, arguably stronger film out of. But uh, there is kind of something to the very nature based, much more raw not really building a character story on top of it tale that bambi is it is bambi feels much more in the place where it starts and cuts off like cuts off when he gets to adulthood to that same place that his father was it feels very much like a kind of film that is just here is that cycle here is that here is like every step from that from a new creature going from this point to that and in a and in that sort of world where I mean I do feel like there is some it is very quick and the and the cut to the spring cheer sequence is way too jarring. But there is I think kind of just a very small subtle stuff in Bambi's performance in that po like the death of his mother's scene, just in kind of the realization in the moments where it kind of sinks in. You can just see in his expressions where the father says, all right, we have to, all right, well, you've, we're basically, essentially, we're going to have to move on here. You're, it's like, you're not a kid anymore. That's your, your life is going to go on. And you're mine now. And the, well, <laughs> but not so sinister and horrifying. The, in the end, the, fa- the father, <laughs> the father walks off kind of into the snow and the fog and Bambi starts to follow, kind of looks back but then just still kind of solemnly and sadly kind of begins to follow. Yeah, that's a wonderfully symbolic moment. And what they really basically needed here between these two sequences is something they'd already had, which was just a spend a minute in a changing of seasons sort of scene transition, which like we had the whole fall to winter thing. Like we saw kind of all the uh, snow coming in and the leaves changing, all that stuff. I would have been fine with if just like Bambi had followed his father through the seasons. How about that? And he's just following his father and he's going, uh, and he's going to left and right. uh, Keeping uh, it on the character and the growth. Yeah, that would have been an interesting thing to do for sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you see what I mean? That Lion King does everything Bambi does just so much better. Well, there's, Lion, nothing, to, there's nothing wrong with redoing old not at themes all. No, no, there's nothing wrong and with improving that. on them. Of course not. But as a story, Bambi aims so young, skews so young that it's impossible for me to watch. If it was still, it was mostly like, it's got this sort of serious kind of like, we're trying to show you actual deer. Like when he fights with the other, de- the other uh, deer for um, the, the affections of, what's her name? Feline. Feline. 
Yeah, Feline, uh, that's a bit more sort of like this is what deer do. But the whole... F- but it sure is awful stuff to eat. That's not realistic. Like, just one or the other, folks. It's it's a movie of two minds. On one hand, it's trying to charm the pants off the children. On the other hand, it's trying to adapt a really serious book about uh, a, a, the life of a deer. In exactly the same way as the fox and the hound buggers up later on. is a very overall i mean it's it doesn't end up being one of my favorite disney films either and i think lion king aimed a lot higher and succeeded in what it kind of it basically doing what bambi attempted to do and a whole lot more hmm. but and, remember, i i think i saw this when i was about uh five at the cinema and i didn't like it then and that was 10 years before the lion king it wasn't one of my favorites as a kid either just because it is much more it's not as bright and colorful it's much more the music and the chorus that sings is overall generally a lot more solemn and serious and it's much more realistic and beautiful it's just a lot of stuff that would i would not have appreciated nearly as much as a kid that now i look looking at it i really appreciate the artistry on display it is a little bit schizophrenic between the very cutesy and i mean they basically like for for thumper they didn't even pull in a kid actor they just found a kid <laughs> it's <just> like <laughs> you're a kid, a kid, a kid who a kid who couldn't actually like who could barely keep the lines in his head at the time, like the uh, nice, like that that whole bit where Thumper is kind of reciting like what his father told him, and kind of has a long pause where he starts to think that that literally was the kid's read. <laughs> like, really? hold on, what was the rest of the line? Well, it, it felt natural. I mean, to, yeah. to, to his credit, the kid playing Thumper really did seem like a real kid. He wasn't acting, that's for sure. It's very true, and it's it does jump a lot between the very endearing and. Then also very serious. <laughs> well, well, that's our puns. Sorry. All right, but <laughs> I will say that also though the theme, the score for man is actually quite scary. Like those three notes build some incredible tension. It's like Jaws. It is very much. Like it's. I really feel like Jaws must have drawn from a like from a very similar uh, like just used a bit of Bambi as reference just yeah. because it is just three notes. And some very... And it slowly moves in on the screen. Yeah. Slow zoom.
So yeah, when when they turn up at the end and then the fire starts happening and the dogs, you're like, oh my god! And the stakes are really high because Bambi's mother's died. And I suppose that does that follows up on the danger that that suggests. And it did genuinely emotionally scar a lot of children uh, throughout their lives. In fact, like man got voted like one of the most terrifying creatures in all of horror uh, because of this, the impact of this film. To show some sign that some of the hunters had been killed by the fire they had accidentally created. Oh, seriously? Yeah, he wanted to show some like boots or something in the ashes. He just wanted to show something to show something subtle to show. Evil is punished. Yeah, yeah, just but uh. The Hunters League already complained about this, and it said that it made a, a, a colossal evil joke of them. So, if, you know, if, you if you're a clown, you're not going to like Dumbo. If you're a hunter, you're not going to like Bambi. If you're an evil queen, you're not going to like Snow White. <laughs> if you're a whale, you're not going to like Pinocchio, or a child trafficker, <laughs> or a mushroom. I see mushrooms are pretty well represented, just in a racist fashion. Um, Actually, there's another point about Snow White um, and going back to, uh, to films and trying to project my head back to the first time I saw it. I didn't see Snow White for a long, long time. Uh, when I was a, a kid, I kind of avoided it because I was like, that's a girl's film. It's all about a princess. Then I saw Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast as they came out on video in fairly quick succession. I thought, you know what? I really enjoyed these and they're about princesses. Maybe I'm overestimating how much of a girl's film Snow White is and then when I was around at a, a family gathering I went to a bedroom and they had Snow White so I watched that in there with the kid and I hated it far worse than I expected I was like this is so much worse than I thought it could be and that I was I was what 12 then 13 maybe this was just prior to The Lion King after Beauty and the Beast and during Aladdin so um it, it, you know, I'm able to contextualize why now in adulthood, but ultimately my instincts on most Disney films tend to actually have run pretty much the whole way through uh, my life. I always found Fantasia boring. I always liked Dumbo. That kind of happens with me, too. There are certain ones that I just don't have as strong of feelings for as others or as many strong memories. Yeah. Although going through now with the additional context and also just knowing the craft now, just as someone who does this professionally, it's it's definitely very different. And my I, I'm very surprised by how much some of my opinions have changed. Like Pinocchio, again, was not one that I found like especially fascinating. Mm. It wasn't one of my favorites, but now it absolutely is knowing what it represents. Well, that's good that you can actually start to really. I mean, I, I definitely didn't like, but I definitely didn't like Dumbo as much before as I do now. So being able to watch them with this much intensity really sort of opens them up in some cases. Um, but there's very few that I've done a total 180 on. That's true. And I'm wondering if any of them end will. There are some that I've, some of these I've not seen for a very long time. Some I've never seen, mm. which is why I'm doing this whole oh, Which marathon. ones have you never seen? A lot of these uh, ones that we're going to be talking about pretty soon here, I had not actually ever ended up seeing. There Seriously? Are some, uh, Can you name like, a few? Uh, like I hadn't, I don't think I'd actually seen the full. Uh, I'd never seen Salados Amigos. I'd, I'd seen piece, bits and pieces of Three Caballeros that had right. been, uh, like, have been used in other places and like on the Disney Channel and such. But like, make my music, melody time, stuff like that. I'd never seen before. I'd seen maybe seen a sequence or two. Uh, like uh, Black Cauldron, I still haven't seen. Uh, right. So, so that'll be fun, that right? Will. Um, I wouldn't say fun. Enlightening. Or Good. what's the opposite uh, of enlightening? Indulging. Emotionally uh, scarring. I haven't seen 
See, that's the thing. Like the ones I haven't seen are more the ones I'm not looking forward to. I haven't seen Chicken Little. Oh, I haven't seen Home. F- me, that's the worst. I haven't seen Home on the Range. Oh my god. So okay, yeah, the, what about those will Bolt? be the. I haven't seen Bolt, though. I understand that's a bit more of a improvement. It's a, it's a little bit better. It's Chicken Little is the worst. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm expecting. So that's like I'm. Go- I like that I can now be watching them also trying to appreciate them for historical context so i think i will it will not be as bad as if i just happened to watch them and felt like i'd wasted a couple hours but yeah this is a great yeah. experiment because it gets us to really really think about them as well Ab- absolutely yeah well, one more thing about bambi it felt like fantasia 2 at times because these musical sequences go on for quite a while the uh, the april showers thing and the twitter painted thing and it just that there's lots of lingering shots of the forest which of course is animated in not dissimilar ways to fantasia it's very beautiful to look at sort of very musically led and not much is really going on Fantasia very true which ends so. up making it not feel as engaging and when you're yeah. there for Fantasia that's what you're there for for Bambi I understand again they're really trying to showcase kind of the nature and natural the forests and the creatures and all that but it's still just it gets slow I, I'm kind of in of two minds with Bambi overall there's a lot of stuff I like about it and some stuff that's very successful but ultimately the, I I can't disagree with your complaints about it. It definitely is. These are weaknesses in retrospect. It's appropriately in two minds about it because it is so schizophrenic. So that's where we're going to leave Bambi. Red in tooth and claw, but also fluffy and cute and paws. And of course you could bolt that old chestnut of an argument that begins with, yes but for its day, onto the end here. Of course it was monumentally significant for its day. But the purpose of these particular podcasts is to put all these Disney movies together and see how they hold up against each other right now. Join us next week when Daniel will be dive-bombing into all six of the wartime movies that most people have never heard of. And the week after that, we're doing Cinderella. If we can, we'll also fold in what we think of the new live-action movie, which we've yet to see, but would make an interesting contemporary comparison, as would Ever After with Drew Barrymore, which I've described in the past as being a bit like Game of Thrones without all of that horrible stuff. That's all for today. School's out.
Also, if that gay little springtime song sounds oddly familiar, you may have heard it parodied in the excellent dark little movie adaptation of Lemony Snicket's series of unfortunate events. You know, it's not too late to watch a movie about a happy little elf. <laughs> <laughs> 